Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. Hey, happy Sabbath, everyone. Well, today we're going to continue our sermon series called The Way, where we're following Jesus' journey toward the cross. And so each Sunday until Easter, we're going to be examining the different places that Jesus went on his, on his way to the cross. And we're going to be specifically asking ourselves, why did he go there? Why did Jesus choose to go that way? And furthermore, what does that mean for us? As we aspire to to follow in the way of Jesus, what does it mean for those who maybe aren't following Jesus yet, but are considering it? Well, last Sunday, Abby started our, our sermon series by teaching on the significance of Jesus starting his public ministry, of starting his journey toward the cross at the River Jordan. And it was at the River Jordan, of course, where Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and began his public ministry. And I find it so interesting that Jesus didn't go to the Jordan to begin his public ministry until he was 30 years old. Think about that for a minute. Here we have Jesus. God in flesh, the miracle worker, the all-wise and knowing one, the powerful one, didn't start what he came here to do until he was 30. Instead, he chose the simple life of a carpenter. And here's why I think that matters for you and I. Because so many times, we tend to measure our own worth and value by our performance, by our achievements, by our accomplishments, by our career and occupational timelines, right? And yet, here's Jesus, the most qualified minister and preacher in history. He's God with skin on, and he's choosing to spend the first 30 years of his life to build things out of wood. I find that so interesting because that means that if you're a young adult and you're feeling stuck in your life and in your career right now, it's okay. Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30. And and I'll tell you this, he didn't view those first 30 years as a waste of time. If you're a student and you're worried about the job market post-COVID, right, when you graduate, Jesus' journey is instructive to you in that he teaches us how to be content with where God has us and how to trust that he's going to lead us into the future he has for us. Furthermore, if you're older like me, maybe you're feeling like, wow, I should have accomplished much more by now. Well, what if the most productive years are ahead of you? You know, when I look at Jesus' life, for 30 years he was a simple carpenter, and for three and a half years 
he had a public ministry which led him to the cross. And what I see when I look at Jesus' journey is he didn't allow his worth and value to be defined by his occupational achievements, right? And, and, if, and if you and I are going to follow the way of Jesus, then, then we have to adopt that same posture. We have to understand that, that our worth and value doesn't come from our productivity, our accomplishments, or our career goals. It comes from simply being a child of God. And so today what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at the place where Jesus went immediately after the Jordan. And I'm gonna start by reading the Gospel of Luke chapter four. Verse 1 and 2. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. So Jesus' journey to the cross started at the River Jordan, where he was baptized and filled and empowered by the Spirit. Then we're told that he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, in Scripture, the wilderness represents that place where your walk becomes difficult. It's the place where real life altering choices are made. So in Scripture, whenever you read of someone going into the wilderness, things are about to get heavy and intense because it's a place of testing. The wilderness is where God's people go to face all the questions that have to be faced, to silence the conflicting voices that would try to lead them astray, to to further align their wills with God's will. See, you and I can know we're in the wilderness when everything starts to feel dry and barren. You know you're in the wilderness when you feel lost, but you're too exhausted to figure out why. You know you're in the wilderness when when you stop caring about the things you care about. When you feel like everything is stacked against you, when all your efforts feel desolate and and pointless, you you know you're in the wilderness when, when you start asking yourself, what's the point? Why am I putting myself through this? Does God even care? Are things ever gonna change? Are they ever gonna get better? Now, Of course, nobody likes the wilderness journey. So the question we have to ask is why would the Spirit lead Jesus into the wilderness without any food for 40 days to be tempted by the devil? Well, it's because the wilderness journey is an important mile on the road called faithfulness. You see, Jesus went the way of the wilderness to demonstrate his commitment to the way of the cross. And as we 
see as we read this passage in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, that Jesus' commitment and dedication to everything that was in front of him was about to be tested and tried in the wilderness. In fact, we read that there are three times while Jesus is in the wilderness, the devil tries to get him to abandon his mission. He tries to convince Jesus to choose a different way, an easier way. And all three times, Jesus leans on the power of the Spirit and the Scriptures to remain faithful to what he came to do. And there's something you and I can learn from that when we're walking the way of the wilderness. So let's dig in and read the rest of this passage. Luke chapter 4, verse 3. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, change this stone into a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Verse 9, then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportune time. So when Jesus goes into the wilderness... He knows he's on his way to the cross. And he's in the wilderness for 40 days without anything to eat. He's hungry. He's exhausted. He, 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 he's tired. And his journey is, is toward the cross is just beginning. And his adversary, the devil, sees this as an opportune time to try to detour Jesus from his mission of rescuing and saving all of creation. In knowing that Jesus is hungry, he says to him, Hey, if you are God's son, turn this stone into bread. See, he's, he's trying to get Jesus to exploit his power to serve his own ends. In, instead of staying on the path that the Spirit had him on. He's essentially saying to Jesus, why go through all this? If you truly have the power to eliminate all this struggle and suffering and hunger, why not just do it? And Jesus responds to him by quoting an Old Testament passage from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8 and verse 3. Jesus responds by saying, people don't live by bread alone. And in doing so, he's essentially saying to the devil, I'm choosing this way, the way of humility and faithfulness, because the work I've come to do is more important than serving my immediate need of comfort. He's telling him, I'm choosing this way because I'm committed and dedicated to the work God sent me to do. 
Well, then we're told the devil shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. And he tells him, I'll give all of these to you. All you have to do is worship me. In other words, Jesus, whatever path you're on to rescue the world, I've got a quicker, easier way. And Jesus responds by quoting another passage from the Old Testament. Again, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6 and verse 13. He says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am not looking for a shortcut. I am not looking for a quick fix or making an end run here. I am not going to abandon God's way for something easier. You see, that's what God's people had done in the past. You read the Old Testament, and time and again, you see God's people abandoning God's way for their own way, an easier way, but not Jesus. Jesus instead chooses to remain faithful and obedient all the way to the cross. Well, finally, the devil takes him to the highest part of the temple. And he says to him, if you're the son of God, jump off. (laughs) And then he has the nerve, the audacity to quote scripture at Jesus. He throws scripture in Jesus' face. He he quotes Psalm 9111. And he he, he says flippantly to Jesus, almost mockingly, the scriptures say that God will order his angels to protect you. And what he's doing here is he's trying to get Jesus to act presumptuously toward God. He's trying to get Jesus to manipulate God. And Jesus refuses. He he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16, and he tells the devil, no, I am not going to test and coerce God. I am not going to exploit his goodness. I'm the one who's living in submission to his will. And so through these three temptations and through these three responses where Jesus quotes scripture, he's essentially saying, my kingdom isn't going to come through circus stunts and magic tricks. It's going to come a different way, the way of the cross. And then it says that the devil leaves him until the next opportune time. Because that's what he does, right? He comes at those opportune times when, when we're in the wilderness, when we're, when we're isolated, when we're beat up, when we're alone, when we're weak, when we're hungry. But verse 14, which I didn't read, the very next verse tells us this. That Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And here's what I want to leave you with today. When Jesus exited the wilderness, not only was he fully committed and dedicated to the way of the cross, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because that's what the wilderness does. The wilderness empowers us. It it helps us face the questions we need to face It's where we learn new things about ourselves and about God and about our relationship with God. It's the place where we stop asking, why me? When will I get out of here? And we start asking, how do I lean in 
and trust God even more? What is it that he's empowering me for? Now, I'm guessing that you have had your share of wilderness journeys already. I I know I have. I want to share a story with you about one of the hardest wilderness miles I've ever walked. It was about two and a half years ago. Uh, My son Joshua, who was 12 at the time, needed a spinal fusion. For those of you who don't know my son Joshua, uh, he was born with a number of health issues, and one of those health issues was scoliosis of the spine. And so, essentially, his, his spine was like an S in his back, and, and it was twisting his body, and it was also causing all of his internal organs to be, to be crammed together and crunched together. And we had to wait until he was 12 to have this surgery because it's fairly invasive. What they had to do is straighten his spine out and attach these metal rods and then bone graft the spine onto the rods. And it, it was a, a whole thing, right? A very difficult uh, surgery. And to add to the intensity of that, my son Josh is also cognitive delayed, right? And so he was 12 at the time, but he was really three in his cognitive ability. And so he didn't really understand. We we couldn't prepare him for what he was in for, right? How do you explain a spinal fusion to someone who doesn't have the cognitive capacity to understand it? And I remember after the surgery, it was hours and hours long, the surgery, um, he was in the recovery room and he started to come through. And obviously he was in a lot of pain and discomfort. And um, he had tubes and oxygen and all kinds of wires connected to him. And he started to reach for them to just unplug them and pull them off. And and we couldn't... um, stop him from doing that. And so the doctor and the nurses and Michelle and I, we had to hold his hands down and eventually tie his hands to his hospital bed. And he didn't know what was going on. And I remember him like saying, why, why? And he's looking at us and my heart was just ripped in half, right? Because there was nothing I could do to explain to him what he what had happened and what he was going through and why he was in this position and 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 why we were tying his hands down, why he was in all of this pain. And it was several days in the hospital of just a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of difficult, uh, painful uh, times for him and for us as his parents, not knowing you know, how to, how to explain this to him other than just be there with him. And, and it was a really difficult season. It was a wilderness journey for me and my wife and my son. And the devil knew that that was an opportune time. We were weak. We were tired. We were grieving. We felt helpless in many ways. And, and there were questions that he threw in my mind. Like, hey, is this where following Jesus gets you? Is this how God repays you for for giving your life to him and and moving to Burlington to plant a church? Is is this the reward for that? And I got to tell you, I, during that season, I had to lean on the spirit and the scriptures to get through that season. 
But I'll tell you this. I came out of that season even more committed and dedicated to following the way of Jesus because that's what the wilderness journey does. It it empowers you to, to, to lean in and trust God more. And so I can't help wonder this morning what wilderness journey you find yourself on. What are some of the questions and voices you're facing right now? And how might scripture help you face and confront those voices? In what ways are you learning to lean into the spirit and to put your faith in God? See, here's something I've learned. While nobody likes the wilderness way, when we learn to embrace it for what it is, another mile on the road called faithfulness, God meets us there. And so I want to say a prayer for us today, and I'm going to put this prayer on the screen. And it's called Prayer for the Wilderness. Let's pray together. Father, you've led me to this wilderness to heal me, change me, and reveal yourself to me. I trust in your plan for me, as well as your willingness and ability to provide for me here. I want to cling to the living hope you've provided, Father, in your Son, Jesus. Help me to remember that resurrection can't happen without a death. And give me kingdom eyes to see you at work, even when I'm walking the wilderness way. Remind me, Lord, on especially difficult days, that this process is worth it and that you are with me. I thank you for the beautiful picture in your word of what a perfect wilderness journey looks like. And while I'm not perfect, you've placed your spirit within me to change me day by day into your likeness. So take my brokenness, my sin, all my imperfections, and bring me to wholeness in your name. Let my life be a picture of trust, obedience, and belief in your beautiful, redemptive plan for me and for this entire broken world. Amen. listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com.